from the Relationship Center. I'm psychotherapist, couples counselor, and dating coach, Jessica Engel. And this is I Love You Too, a show about how to create and sustain meaningful relationships. I'm dating and relationship coach, Josh Van Vliet. On today's episode, part three of our online dating series, Online Dating 103, filters, swiping, messages, etiquette, and more. We're going to dig into it all today. We are so happy you're here. And please remember that this show is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome, welcome, dear listener. Thanks for joining us for part three of our online dating series. We're going to be talking about filters. We're going to talk about swiping and giving you five different swiping strategies to choose between. We're going to talk about what to say in your first messages and how to keep a conversation going, how to flirt online, online dating etiquette, all the good stuff. Uh, We're going to be digging into all this today with you. So stick around. Yes, I'm looking forward to digging into all of this. Before we do that, dear listener, if you love our show, we would be so grateful if you would share an episode with a friend. That way we reach more sweet humans like you. So thank you in advance. Okay, let's dive in. Let's do it. What filters should I set on my online dating apps? Okay, here is my my best guidance for filters. And I'll just, I think this almost goes without saying, if you're listening to this episode, I'm kind of assuming that you're either, you're just getting started and you're trying to figure out where to go here, or you've been at it a while and you're not getting the quality or the quantity of matches that you're looking for. Um, if you're already getting super high quality matches, you probably aren't listening to this episode, so, and you probably don't need to worry about your filters. Given all of that, my guidance, my overall guidance with filters is to set them fairly wide maybe a little wider than you might think to start. You can always narrow them later if you need to, if you're overwhelmed with high quality matches. And so let's talk about a couple of specific filters in particular here. Um, number one, age. I want to recommend that you, at the bare minimum, start with uh, plus or minus 10% of your current age. So that means if you're 30... You're going to set the lower end at, at the minimum, 27, and then the upper end at the minimum, 33. And that's the minimum rec- recommendation. You could certainly extend it beyond that if you're comfortable with that. Um, and part of the reason here, I want you to not use age as a proxy for a different quality that you're looking for, right? Ooh. If you're looking for somebody who is emotionally mature, for ex- example... Age is not necessarily going to tell you that. So if you're thinking, well, I'm just going to date people older than me because they're going to be more mature. Not necessarily. Um, You know, if you're looking for somebody who's ready to meet their partner and settle down, again, age is not a great proxy for that. So find other ways to look for the indications of the qualities or the values that you're looking for rather than using age as as a shortcut to try to assess that. So for example, you might highlight some of your deal breakers in a positive way to help filter. That's a filter, just a different kind of filter for the kind of person that you're looking for. And it's going to be more accurate to what's actually important to you than how old somebody is. So that's age. Distance, how far would you be willing to travel? Realistically, and if you knew the love of your life was 
X miles away, let's say you knew they were 20 miles away, would you travel that far? And if the answer is no, okay, set your filter lower. But, you know, again, this is one of those where if you set it a little bit wider, that's probably going to open up opportunities for things that you might have missed otherwise. And in the grand scheme of things, if you look back on your life 20 years from now and you're like, yeah, my partner was 30 miles away from me and we, you know, we made it work in the first six months and first year or whatever, and then we moved closer and then it was fine. Like, you know, you're not going to, that's not going to be a big, a big speed bump. That's, that's kind of what to think about in terms of distance. And for everything else, all of those other filters and depending on the app, they're, different things that you can filter by depending on whether or not you've paid for the app and all of that. But for all of that stuff, ask yourself, is it truly a deal breaker? Is it truly a deal breaker? And again, go back to our episode on what to look for in a long-term partner and the guide for identifying what your real deal breakers are and what's a preference or nice to have. If it's a true deal breaker, okay, absolutely filter by that. Save yourself and those people some time. Uh, for example, when I was dating, I filtered out cigarette smokers because I'm highly sensitive. Uh, I just Cigarette smoke is very hard on my system. I just knew it's just not going to work for me. So I filtered that out. But for everything else, if it's a, just a preference, I'd leave it alone. You know, you might miss out on somebody wonderful because you set your filter a little too narrow. And it's like, oh, there's this great person and they just happen to be a year younger than I thought they were going to be. So that's my rant on filters. I love that. Yeah, I have a couple different thoughts. First, on the age piece, I love what you're saying about, you know, don't confuse age for maturity or some other trait. Mm-hmm. And that's a very easy thing to do in online dating in general is people look more for like measurable things rather than the underlying qualities that they're looking for. I would not have met you, Josh, if I hadn't it was not long before we met too. adjusted my filters to be open to people younger than me. Mm-hmm. I had a history of dating people older than me because mm-hmm. I've tended to get along well with people older than me. And a friend of mine challenged me on that. And so I was like, okay, challenge accepted. And you showed up in my feed not long after and you're a couple years younger than me. Um, and also in many ways, the most emotionally mature person I've been in relationship with. So Aww. <laughs> Don't make me blush. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I just really adore what you're saying about 10% below and above. The other piece I just want to name is that just that filters in my experience are one of the most missed opportunities in terms of optimizing online dating. Most mm-hmm. people just set them at the beginning and then forget them. Yes. And there's, I mean, um, you know, setting your distance to 29 miles versus 30 miles could cut out the love of your life, mm-hmm. right? So allow yourself to revisit those periodically. And especially the piece you said, Josh, about deal breakers. I see a lot of people wasting time building relationships with people who have a deal breaker and mm-hmm. then they have to cut it off and it's very messy. So save yourself some time. If you're very clear on something, just go ahead and put that in your filters. Yeah. All right. So is it worth paying for dating apps? Mm-hmm. Great question. And this connects to the filters piece because some of those filters you can't set unless you are paying. Right. So a recent Pew Research study found that paid users are more likely to report a positive experience using dating apps than people who do not pay. So... Let's just talk about some of the benefits of paying 
Okay. You get extended messaging time on some apps, unlimited swipes. You get to see who liked you. You get more detailed information about people like when they were last active. You get sort of like improved matchmaking by allowing yourself to filter more, narrow down the search. It can save time and it can also increase your visibility. Like you can kind of get boosted on the app. Yeah. So I think all of those benefits, they combine to increase the likelihood of really forming meaningful connections and finding a compatible partner. I especially recommend paying for the apps if you're feeling burnt out with online dating, if you're struggling to find quality matches, or if you have a tendency to build relationships with people who do have a deal breaker and then needing to break that relationship down the line. Mm. So I was just kind of referencing that. Like if you are a particular faith and you really are, you need to find a partner within that faith, pay for the apps so that you can designate that Mm -hmm. and you're not seeing people who are outside your faith. Okay. Save yourself that time. Yep. I also think that paying for an app can be a great accountability strategy. Okay. If you find yourself avoiding dating, which is very common, um, investing in the app will actually make you more likely to use it. Mm. I think it can also be a beautiful way of sort of setting and energizing your commitment to finding your partner, kind of like putting your money where your mouth is mm-hmm. sort of thing. One of our clinicians, Laya, who's been on the show before, talks about like the energy with which you engage in online dating that comes through and that can be felt, mm-hmm. right? Like that is going to be evident um, in how you're engaging all throughout the process. So it may be worthwhile just even on a symbolic level. Okay, so that is filters. Perfect. Should we talk for a moment about swiping? Let's do it. Swipe strategy. Swipe strategy. I'm going to say real quick here, if I may. If you hear people telling you if you're a man dating women to swipe right on everybody, don't do that. (laughs) I have a feeling you listener know this, but in case you didn't, just ignore that nonsense. Yeah. When we were doing the research for this uh, episode, we came across a lot of questionable uh, advice, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> but what would you say about swipe strategy? Yes, I have five strategies to Ooh. share with you. Okay. One I'm going to call the middle path swiping strategy. So you're swiping on some but not all, okay, which is going to help train the algorithm to see you as an engaged user who has preferences. Mm-hmm. Okay. A sort of different version of this would be to aim to swipe on about one out of every two profiles. Okay. Remembering that swiping really is a like, yeah, I'd have a conversation with this person. It does not commit you to marrying them. Right. You don't have to know from their profile that they are your ideal partner for life. That's right. That's right. So that's the middle path. That's a good one to default to. Um, in general. The next one I'll call the shortlist strategy. This is our strategy. So pulling from the shortlist from your ideal mate exercise and our partner guide. So in that exercise, we have you go through all of the things that you're looking for in a partner and, um, you know, arrange those things in three different lists. And then the last step is to make a list of five things that you're really looking for that are like at the tippy tippy top of the list. And so as you're swiping, you have that shortlist next to you. And if there is evidence that this person may have those five qualities, you swipe right. Very simply. If you don't really know enough, you swipe right. Okay. If they are showing some deal breakers, you swipe left. Pretty simple. 
There's also the house party strategy. This comes from the Datable podcast, and I really like it. They talk about swiping right on anyone you'd have a conversation with if you met them at a house party, hmm. which is what dating often looked like back in the day, right? Right. So allowing it to be, okay, yeah, I'm going to allow things to develop organically rather than judging based off of this two-dimensional profile. Mm-hmm. The fourth one I've got for you is the safe soul strategy. This is from Ken Page. And this is where you, as you're looking at a profile, you ask yourself, does my soul feel safe with this person? Mm. Don't overthink it. Just go with your gut. Very intuitive strategy. Yeah. And this one's a really good one if you do tend to uh, be attracted to people who aren't a good fit. You tend to get caught in what Kim Page refers to as like attractions of deprivation where your needs aren't really ever fully met. Mm. It's a good one to really check. Okay, is this person really good, high quality for me. And then lastly, I'm going to call this one the hell yes strategy. So that's where you're only swiping on profiles that you're a hell yes to. Mm -hmm. This references something that Logan Yuri talks about, which is that one way to manage online dating burnout is to pursue the people that you're genuinely excited about. That was one that you used. That was my strategy. Yeah. 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 I, I realized I got to the point after doing a fair bit of online dating that I could tell relatively quickly which profiles I was genuinely excited to to get to know and which were like I was trying to convince myself or I was like well they're they're cute they're attractive so but there wasn't anything else in the profile that was like pulling my heart forward Mm -hmm. yeah I found that very helpful for for my burnout uh and and really like okay it's okay for me to just swipe and message the people that I'm 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 a hell yes for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's swiping. Perfect. And is there anything you'd say about how to choose which of those strategies to use? I think the middle path again is a great one to default to when you're not sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the shortlist strategy I recommend if you've gone through the whole ideal mate process and you have that really clear vision, that's a, a really targeted way to get higher quality matches. Okay, so if you've got that clear vision of your ideal mate, go with that one. Um, the house party strategy, if you tend to be a little too picky, mm-hmm. I would opt for that one. Safe soul strategy, definitely if you have a tendency towards attractions of deprivation, go for that one. The hell yes strategy, if you are burnt out or have a tendency to try to convince yourself to be in certain relationships when they're not really a good fit. Love that. That's perfect. You're perfect. Oh. Well, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, buddy. That's so sweet of you. <laughs> Shall we talk about messaging? Messaging. All right. The messaging. Joshi, what do you say when sending a message in online dating? Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, kind of a broad question, but let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's dive in. Let's start with what might you say in a first message. So let me give you a few kind of general guidelines because maybe I'll just preface this by saying there is not a copy paste, this is what you send to everybody to get a date message. And if you find people telling you that, run away because that is not about building relationship. So there is no template. There are some guidelines I can give you. One is you might just use their name. So we respond well to hearing our name or, or reading our name. Along those lines, 
Start with something that you appreciate about them, that you genuinely appreciate from their profile, something you could tell that's not about their body, which is outside of their control. Um, that shows that you've read their profile, that you're paying attention, that you're genuinely interested in them, you're excited about something that you saw. And then ask an open-ended question that might be about their emotions, their values, their dreams, uh, something from their profile, right? Something that, show, again, shows you've read their profile and that you are wanting to know more. You're wanting to, to build a connection. Let's, let's talk for a second about closed-ended questions versus open-ended questions. Just real quick, a closed-ended question is something that it has like a yes or no response or like a one-word answer, right? So uh, what's your favorite song? One-word answer. You know, did you like going to China last year? Yes. yes or no, you know? <laughs> uh, that doesn't give a lot of opening for a deeper conversation, conversation that gets more to the heart of what's important to us, how we feel about something. And so uh, one real easy way to change a closed-ended question to an open-ended question is to add why. Uh, so like, what's your favorite song and why? Mm-hmm. That'll give them a chance to share about, well, I love, you know, Consider Me by Alan Stone because it uh, was a song that I danced to at my wedding. You wouldn't share that if you're on an online dating site because you... Well, if you're non-monogamous, you might. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but that, you know, it gives a chance to share more about like some, why is something significant, which helps us feel more connected. I'll give a couple of examples of some uh, good online dating starting messages. Might be something like this. Hey, love that you're so proud of being a dog mom. I guess that means you're looking for a dog dad. Also glad to meet someone detail-oriented who finds their work fulfilling. What do you love most about your work and why? Hmm. So you're uh, naming something that you appreciate about them, being a little bit playful. Oh, you're looking for a dog dad. And uh, you're asking an open-ended question that invites them to share about something they value and why. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this next example because it, uh, it, it it's a little bit of a, a flip on what we've talked about. Uh, so this this one is, hi there, it's Friday, smiley face emoji. You seem pretty cool. And I seem pretty cool. And I also know the perfect place for a chocolate fix. But maybe you've been there before, chocolate connoisseur that you are, winky face. Mm-hmm. So no question here, astute listeners might notice. <laughs> but do you notice how this has a little bit of intrigue to it? It like opened, there's a possibility that is is unexplored here. It's like there's a chocolate place that you might be interested in. There's I mean, a kind of... There, yeah, go ahead. There's like a beckoning. There's like a beckoning. Beckoning exactly. over, yes. Right, it's a little bit playful. I'm assuming that this person has seen in their, in their profile that this person likes chocolate and they're responding to that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are a couple of examples of, of things you might say in an opening message. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can also be something very simple like, hey, 98% compatible. Cool, where should we start? Which is more or less the message that uh, <laughs> Jessica sent to me on OkCupid, okay uh, which isn't complicated, right? I, I, I wanted to share that because it doesn't have to be like the most artisanally crafted, you know, you've labored over your message and included just the right amount of humor and playfulness and like thoughtful question. It's like there's a little bit of play to that. Mm-hmm. And it's a very just kind of simple, like open-ended, like where should we start? And 
and here we are, you know? <laughs> uh, so I, I just want to like lower the stakes a little bit. Like there's yeah. some good messaging, absolutely. And we want to aim for things that are creating an opportunity for a connection. And it doesn't have to be super hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love all those examples. And uh, yeah, I just want to highlight one thing that you th- you mentioned in there quickly, which was compliment them, but not about their body, which they don't have control over. So just to highlight the underlying principle there, compliments are great. And see if you can compliment somebody on something they have choice over, um, particularly at the beginning. If you're somebody who's like worried about coming off as creepy, this is the thing to lean into. Mm -hmm. So instead of, you know, your brown eyes are so beautiful, it's those earrings that you chose are incredible. Like they, they really show off your personality or whatever. If you're, if you're going for a physical compliment, obviously you can also compliment them on things like your profile is so beautifully written. Mm-hmm. I see so much intention in what you've created. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a great thing to lean into. Again, if you're worried about coming across as kind of creepy at the beginning, but still want to give a compliment. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, I'll just also say a couple of things about what not to do uh, with messages don't lead with hey just hey as a message yeah or just hi name <laughs> or how's it going or how was your weekend mm-hmm. right we need a little bit more that is not that could be a spam bot right mm-hmm. it's like that's mm-hmm. the level at which it's like it registers this person has not taken any time to read my profile or paid any attention to me. They could have just sent that message to everybody else on this platform as well. So it doesn't feel personal. It doesn't feel like you actually are interested in care. And don't also start with something super sexual unless that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'll also add in messaging, you know, let's assume you've sent a message, they've replied. Keep the conversational volley going. Don't just answer with a statement and the end because that doesn't really give your your buddy a chance, a, an easy opportunity to continue to connect, right? So you want to respond to what they shared and then maybe ask another question, uh, volley back in some fashion so that there's a chance for the conversation to keep going, to keep connecting and it doesn't just kind of peter out and end. Yes, we can't tell you how many times the clients we work with have been like, I really want to connect with this person, but they sent me like a one word response and they haven't asked me any questions. Mm-hmm. And I just keep messaging them again with more questions and they never ask one back. And I think it lands for, for a lot of people understandably as like, you're not going to be engaged 50% with me in building this relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add on messaging for now or is that? I would just add t- along with the open ended questions, heart opening questions. Mm. And um, we'll link to an article about heart opening questions that's on our blog that includes the 36 questions that lead to love, which I think are a great example of questions that allow you to like go deeper with people. Mm -hmm. Some of these aren't going to be appropriate right up top, but just the underlying principle is like, you know, go beyond asking them what they do for a living. Like, try to get into how are they feeling? What are they looking forward to in the future? What are they inspired by? All those sorts of things. Perfect. So that's where to start with messaging. I think the next one of the next natural questions is 
how long should I message with somebody before meeting with them in person? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so the sooner you get on the date, the better, generally. That way you're really reducing the chances of building up a fantasy only to have your hopes dashed. We have seen this over and over again. And maybe you, listener, have have experienced this Mm -hmm. where you are really connecting with someone by message and then you meet in person. It's like, "Mm, nope, nope, nope. So I generally recommend a couple of conversational volleys to establish rapport, to check for availability, compatibility, responsiveness. So what I mean by that is like, You send a message when you match, they respond. You send another message, they respond. Okay, great. This person is engaged. They're probably real. They seem actually interested. From there, suggest either a phone or video chat or an in-person date. Now, there are people who are going to need more time messaging before they meet. Okay. Some people are slower to warm. Some people are security or safety conscious. Some people are just, you know, they, they're working through some things. So they need, they have to establish trust over time. You don't need to mind read though. Go ahead and ask them out. They'll let you know if, if they need to build a relationship a little bit longer. And if they continue to kind of drag it out and not want to meet, that's probably not a good sign. Mm-hmm. Okay. I always think of when you ask someone out, you're really kind of drawing a line in the sand, right? And you're seeing who's actually available for what. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of people will disappear once you suggest a date. And that's not because of you. That's because they're probably just not actually available. They're on the apps. They they want a relationship on some level, but they're not able to show up for, for one reason or another. So, you know, save yourself some wasted time and heartache by allowing yourself to draw that line sooner rather than later. I love that. That's so important. Great. And Josh, related to this, I'm thinking, is this a good time actually to talk about what's reasonable response time for messaging? Yeah, let's, let's go there. Yeah. So a couple of just kind of simple guidelines I have for you here. Um, if you've sent a first message and you're waiting for a response to that first message, Personally, I think seven to 10 days is reasonable. And the thing to remember is you don't know what's happening in their life, right? They may be on vacation. They may be dealing with an emergency. Who knows? So, you know, they may not have checked their dating app for the last five days because they're out of the country. So if they get back to you in that time, I wouldn't take that as like, oh, they're not available, you know, danger, stay away. I think beyond that, the thing to pay attention to is how quickly do they get back to you once there's a a conversation started. And here, I I wouldn't say there's like a hard and fast rule. It's really more like what works for your system. And so if you really need someone who's going to be very responsive when you message them, you know, just acknowledge and honor that in yourself. And that is what it is. And personally, I think if they respond within 24 hours, that feels like a, a an expectation that I can hold reasonably. It's like, okay, you're going to be at work. You're going to be dealing with other things. You know, I get that. If you're not able to kind of engage semi-regularly, that's maybe a sign that you're not as available for what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And in a similar vein, for you, my encouragement would be for you to aim to respond 
within 24 hours so that you are keeping the conversation going. You are demonstrating that you are available uh, for connection, for building a relationship, that you do have time to message somebody, right? If you really don't have time to message somebody, even a simple reply in 24 hours, you probably don't have time to be in a relationship <laughs> right now, right? So aim to respond within 24 hours. I think that's just a good guideline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of things I would add to that is... If you aren't able to respond in the usual amount of time that you'd like to, like within a day, name that, right? If you're in a particularly busy time at work or whatever, just let them know, hey, generally I I like to respond pretty quickly and right now that's not really possible with my life. So just Mm -hmm. know it's not about you Mm -hmm. if it takes me a couple of days. That is a a skilled uh, relationship move right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So that you, because when there's uncertainty in a relationship, our brain's natural tendency is to go to, something is wrong and it's either something's wrong with me, this person doesn't like me or something's wrong with them, they're a jerk for not getting back to me. Right. And so you can uh, sidestep all of that mm-hmm. by communicating clearly about your availability. Definitely. The other piece I would add is I like what you're saying about like what works for your system, right? Within 24 hours is a great rule of thumb. And I think for some people, the way that they're wired, that's just not possible, mm-hmm. right? I, I've definitely worked with some clients who are neurodivergent. It's like getting back to someone within a week is like, that's what they're able to do. And that's also what they expect from others. It's mm-hmm. like, they're not really that thrown off if somebody doesn't respond for a while. Right. So really, again, adjusting this to your system, you don't need to be someone that you're not, mm-hmm. right? You really do want to be yourself from yes. the beginning. So you attract somebody who's like, fine with your level of responsiveness. That's brilliant. Okay. How about flirtation? Flirtation. How do people flirt on dating apps, Josh? Is it possible? Is it possible? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, let's let's just start very briefly with what is our definition of flirting? Mm-hmm. We did a whole episode on this. Check that out. Uh, how to flirt like a feminist. But at the heart of it, uh, flirtation is about playing in the presence of another, enjoying yourself in the presence of another. Uh, and that kind of playful enjoyment, like relaxation, connection. And so here are a few simple ways that you can start to play in that way through online dating. Compliments, like we were talking about earlier. Again, not about the body, but about something they have control over. Mm-hmm. Humor, right? Play, humor. Peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter and jelly, (laughs) right, exactly. (laughs) Make a joke, be silly. Just avoid the status-lowering humor, like putting the other person down. Also, ask questions, especially follow-up questions, right? This is a way of showing that you're interested. For me, this is a part of of playing with someone, of of enjoying yourself with someone, is demonstrating I'm interested in you. I want to know more about you, which... Uh, I think immediately communicates you are interesting, Mm -hmm. which feels good. It feels great when someone feels like you're interesting and they they are interested in you. And so if you can show uh, not just, I'm going to ask you a question, great start, but okay, you shared something about, let's say you asked me about my favorite, favorite chocolate shop and I shared a little bit about it. And then you were like, oh, and uh, you know, what's your favorite thing to get at your chocolate shop? Uh, whatever it is, something that shows that you're paying attention, you are, uh, you're not just kind of volleying a list of questions at them, 
but that you're listening and responding to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Also, emojis are your friend. <laughs> this may go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway just in case uh, because they help you communicate some of the nonverbal cues that were otherwise missing in messaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, so winky face emojis, grinning emojis, just all the emojis, right? The devil face emoji. The smirk emoji. The smirk emoji. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's gold in there uh, for communicating play and uh, interest and attraction. Mm-hmm. And then some other ways you can flirt, mention the body. Mm-hmm. I'd love you to speak a little bit about this one. Would you say yeah. more about that? Um, well, I think an example of this is like, I think in some of our messaging, for example, you reference dancing, mm, right? Yeah. We both love to dance. And so, and actually on one of our video dates, which is a little different from messaging, but I think still applicable, you said something like, you know, this was during the pandemic, so we weren't in person. And I think you said something like, I, I wish we could dance together right now because I think we'd be really great at it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so even though we weren't able to be there in person together, in my mind, I was seeing our bodies interacting, mm. right? Um, or you might even just say something in a message like, just got home from the gym, going to take a nice long shower and relax for the evening, mm. right? You're putting the image of yourself in the shower right. in their minds. Right, yeah. Without any um, explicit like, picture me naked, right? but that's what you're doing. Yeah, you're reminding them I've got a body, Right. I'm going to be naked tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love this. And I love it's it's distinct from commenting on their body. I think that's an important distinction to make here, right? We're evoking the body, reminding that we have bodies, kind of bringing that into our space. But it's not like, oh, I want to see you naked. Right, right. Well, along those lines, innuendo Mm -hmm. is a great way to flirt. Yes. And... Exclamation points. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I use a little too many exclamation points, which is why Jessica's giggling at me right now. Josh Uh, is very flirtatious everywhere he goes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it communicates excitement. It communicates interest. It communicates engagement. Uh, And last, you know, in this last one, may or may not be your thing, but it's a great option. Send you other music. Mm. Music really, I think, kind of bypasses some of the more logical, rational parts of our systems and gets more into that heart, that like ooey gooey, like mm, it kind of helps us imagine that this person is maybe singing these words to us. Mm. We sent a lot of music to each other early on in our uh, relationship. And that was such a special, uh, I absolutely had that experience of like, oh, you're sending this song to me for a reason. And it touched my heart in a different way than just like a, a message might have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll just add one thing, which is um, GIFs. Oh, GIFs, like GIFs. GIFs. Yes, or GIFs. GIFs. GIFs and GIFs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the little like video snippets that yes. you can send to people. Yeah. We've done a lot of sending each other like cute animals, like hugging and kissing over our courtship. The, the first GIF that Jessica ever sent to me was these adorable little bunnies <laughs> that were like cuddled up next to each other and like nuzzling each other. <laughs> it was just the freaking cutest thing. I like lost my mind. <laughs> it was so cute. Uh, so yeah, that's a fabulous way to to flirt mm-hmm. over messaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I sent it to you before 
the first date where we were going to be able to touch because mm-hmm. we had like officially joined one another's bubbles yep. early in the pandemic. Yep. And so it was, I was, I think I sent it to you and said something like, this is what I'm going to do with you tomorrow. <laughs> Bunny nuzzles. Like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was ruined in the best way. Okay. Oh, that's beautiful. Such a great overview of flirting online. Well, shall we round it out then with proper etiquette? Proper etiquette. Uh, shall we start first with how many people to talk to at once? And then is that part of etiquette? It's not part of etiquette. But That's I true because it's not etiquetted. No, it, it's not etiquetted. It's not etiquetted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about how many people, and then we'll talk about being proper. Yes, very good. We'll end on the proper note. We're very proper. Yes. Yeah. So, how many people should you talk to at once on an online dating app or site? Hmm. So sometimes embedded in this question, in my experience, is a fear that it's not moral to speak to more than one person at a time Mm. online. Mm -hmm. So I just want to name that the unspoken social contract around online dating is that people assume you're speaking to multiple people unless a DTR or determined determining the termination of the relationship conversation. No. (laughs) (laughs) What, What is that acronym? Defining the relationship conversation. (laughs) So yes, people assume you're speaking to multiple people on online dating apps unless you've had a DTR conversation with someone you're dating. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's okay to be talking to more than one person unless you've made an agreement with someone. Um, We generally recommend pursuing nine connections or fewer at a time, simply because that's the number that a human brain can keep track of in terms of shorter term memory. Mm-hmm. Nine may be way too many for you. And I want to just name that like nine doesn't mean that you're like going on dates with nine people. It's there's nine people you've matched with and you you are in some sort of conversation with. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to your experience of speaking to more than one person and just start to track like where do you start to get overwhelmed? Again, nine may be too much for you. When do you start to like make mistakes? For example, referencing something a different match said to you. Oof. That's a good sign you're speaking to too many people. <laughs> okay. And then lastly, along these lines, periodically clean up your feed. Okay. So have they not really responded? Have you like matched with someone and they haven't responded to you in like a couple of weeks or, or however long it is for you? That's a, a sign that they're not really interested. As Josh said, maybe seven to 10 days in terms of responding to the first message. If somebody's not really been in touch, it's okay to unmatch them. Clean up that feed. You can send a message before you do that and say like wishing you all the best, but just allow yourself to kind of like digitally declutter with online dating so that you're clear on who you're actually trying to move forward with. I love digital decluttering. Digital decluttering. Freeing up space for the people who are actually engaged. Yes. So... How do I be proper (laughs) in my online dating? How do I follow the appropriate etiquette? Yes, the etiquette of online dating. Okay, so first, don't repeatedly message someone over and over again Mm. before they have a chance to respond to you. But Jessica, what if I think they maybe just didn't see my message? So, Josh, I would say... Two messages max with one to two weeks in between 
and then let it go. Okay. So if you sent a message and you're like, I really want to connect with this person and they haven't gotten back to me, let some time pass, give them a chance to come to you and then send one more just in case the message didn't get through. That does happen. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, leave it in their court. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next, as Josh has mentioned, avoid starting out with a message about appearance. You, I hope I already know this, dear listener, but please, please, please don't send sexual pictures or images or like critical or off-color remarks, okay? Next, really be sensitive to and accommodating of safety concerns and sensitivities, okay? Especially if you're interacting with someone who comes from a marginalized group, okay? So for example, if you are sort of trying to connect with a woman, uh, a BIPOC, LGBTQ uh, person, a disabled individual, somebody in a larger body, chances are these people have been unfortunately verbally or even physically assaulted at some point in their life. And they're going to be more reticent to give you their phone number, meet at a private location, accept a ride home from you. Be kind about that. Don't take it personally be a yes to whatever they need to do to feel safe, okay? And if you are safety conscious, it's okay to, for example, use a Google number to call somebody, okay? Or to stay on the app rather than giving them your number to text. Totally okay. There are some of the apps you can video call within the app even. Next, don't express upset if someone doesn't respond to your message. Mm -hmm. Don't be that. Don't be that person. Yep. And don't ask for feedback if you haven't met someone, mm. okay? Every once in a while, people will, if they've been rejected in some way, reach out and say, hey, I'd really like some feedback. It doesn't really make sense if that person actually hasn't been with you in, in person and it can feel like a little bit of an over-ask, mm -hmm. I think. Along those lines, if you go on a date with somebody and they decide they don't want to go on another date, don't hound them for feedback, okay? So if you ask for feedback and they don't get back to you, don't repeat yourself. And if they give you feedback that isn't particularly satisfying, it doesn't really give you a lot of information, don't follow up with questions or sort of like, you know, pestering them for more information. Mm -hmm. Just leave it as it is. You're going to save yourself some likely pain and heartache. Yeah. And, uh, and just respect what they feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, I think it's good to keep in mind like the person that you're interacting with could be your future partner's best friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that way of, of holding it. Yeah. Yeah. So treat them with the utmost respect and care. I mean, I hope you do that anyways because we should do that with human beings. But, you know, with online dating, I think it's easy to get to a place of like, I don't know, we don't, I don't really know this person. What does it, what does it matter? Yeah. Easy to kind of dehumanize people pretty quickly. Yeah. Another one is you might want to avoid sending messages really late at night, particularly if you're looking for something long-term, okay? Because mm. it can land as kind of like booty call-ish, mm -hmm. right? In terms of actual dates that you get scheduled, if you need to reschedule or cancel, give plenty of notice and make a concrete redo plan as soon as possible, Okay. So this is often a really great opportunity for a phone call. Mm. Call them up or send a voice memo saying like, I am so sorry. Okay. Because chances are they have been stood up for a date or canceled on multiple times by people. So you really want to communicate to them like, this really isn't what I typically do in relationship. Right. 
Okay. The next one probably won't be too surprising, which is please don't ghost other people. Mm. It's so painful. Yeah. If you're tempted to say you're busy or you need to reschedule instead of I'm just not interested, just see if you can be honest. Uh, Maybe talk to a friend or your therapist or coach to practice being assertive in that way. Okay. You're actually, uh, it may sometimes feel like you're causing more pain by letting them know you're not interested, but it's easier to know that someone is not interested and have that certainty than to just have somebody abandon you with no explanation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that is very painful. Yes. Okay, and then lastly, let's talk about kind of like etiquette around communication before and after dates. And this actually just applies to all dating. It's not just online dating, but let's go over it anyways. Before a date, on the day of the date, confirm that you're going to see them by text, phone, or email, however you're communicating at that time. Let them, you know, confirm the time and location, express excitement, I'm looking forward to seeing you. When you're on your way, communicate that you are on your way and give your ETA. And then after a date, send a follow-up text or call to thank the person for their time, for getting together. If they paid or planned, thank them very specifically for that. If you didn't set up another date at the end of that date and you're interested, tell them that. Tell them you enjoyed yourself and propose another date. Just go ahead and do it, regardless of what your gender is. And then if you're not interested, communicate that directly. So you might say something as simple as, thank you for spending time with me last night. It didn't feel like we were quite a match, but I'm wishing you the best in your search for your person. Okay, Simple, sweet. You, you're leaving them with a sense of closure. And again, if they're your future partner's best friend, you are going to have ideally or hopefully a really positive reference mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah. If somebody does push back when you say no to more dates, just repeat what you said. Don't respond. Unmatch. Okay. And that's all I've got for etiquette. Beautiful. I love it. Feels like it, it in some ways boils down to treat this person like they're either your future partner or your future partner's best friend to help them stay human in your eyes in mm-hmm. the midst of meeting potentially a lot of different people and over communicate almost about availability, about plans, so that there's not that opportunity for uh, something to get missed and in the absence of information, the brain to fill in a negative interpretation what's happening. That's right. All of that's going to help you build such a secure foundation. And keep in mind, a lot of people who are dating have been stood up, have been ghosted. There's, they've gone through a lot of really difficult dating things. So it's it's kind of like taking care of them around any dating PTSD they have, right? Mm-hmm. You're being particularly careful to be present, engaged, and communicative. I love it. Well, did we do it? I think we did it. All right. That's all for today. You can find the show notes with links to all the resources we mentioned in this episode at relationshipcenter.com slash podcast. Yes. And dear listener, if something in this episode touched you, will you please send it to a friend? That would mean the world to us because it would allow us to connect with the sweet humans who you are connected with. Thanks so much. And until next time. We love you too. Bye.
Like this character's like about to die. It feels like they're about to die. Yeah, saying their last, their last uh, goodbyes to this world. Farewell, dear world of online dating. <laughs> I have enjoyed our time together. Now I shall rest in the eternal slumber of the beyond. Um. Ah.